Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. Today, Dr. Douglas Petrovich continues his look at the evidence that shows Genesis is indeed true history. Friends, the latest issue of our Prophecy in the News magazine is now available. Started by J.R. Church, Prophecy in the News magazine stands out as the place to go for in-depth analysis of current events in light of Scripture. Prophecy in the News magazine features analysis of the important issues facing the Christian. Make sure you don't get left behind. Subscribe to the Prophecy in the News magazine today. Simply call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can visit the all-new Prophecy in the News Com. Time to join Clayton Van Huss and Dr. Douglas Petrovich as they continue their look at the biblical, historical, and scientific evidence for creation and the flood. Thank you for tuning in to the Watchman on the Wall with Southwest Radio Church. I'm your host, Clayton Van Huss, and today we have a very special guest to me, my friend, my professor, Dr. Douglas Petrovich. Dr. Petrovich, welcome to the program. Thank you, Clayton. It's great to be with you again. So, okay, let's just go ahead and catch everybody up. We were talking about the Tower of Babel, because this is what you talk about in the film Is Genesis History, and the companion Beyond Is Genesis History, Bible and Stars, both of which you can find at Southwest Radio Church at swrc.com. So, Dr. Petrovich, can you recap us really quickly on the conclusion we came to? Sure. We talked about the various sites that in antiquity in the ancient sources are called Babel. There's seven or eight of them. And of them, only one matches the right time period in Mesopotamian archaeological periodization when this outward movement of people where they permanently move out from southern Mesopotamia and move to places all over the ancient world, including as far as Egypt. The time period for that is the later root period. And of the seven or eight sites that mention a city called Babel, in those ancient sources. The only one that goes back to that right moment in time where you have this Uruk expansion in the late Uruk period is the site of Eridu. So that site has a ziggurat. It is a tower that dwarfs the the adjacent temple that was in its 17th, I believe in its 17th phase or 17th rendition at the time that they started to build the platform and the tower that was built on it. And we mentioned that the tower of of Eridu, when the city of, of Eridu was abandoned in the later root period, the tower was not rebuilt. And so one thing that we can start with for, for this episode, Clayton, is that that site and that tower later, hundreds of years later, probably about 600 or so years later in the third dynasty of Ur, it was completed by a nearby king who had a very vast kingdom. He was the king of the most powerful city-state in all of Mesopotamia at the time, the the site of Ur, and he decided that the neighboring city of Eridu was an eyesore with its uncompleted tower. So he invested money and resources and labor, and they completed that ziggurat. So you can go today and see some of the dilapidated remains of that very completion of of the, the tower that was built there, and it will show you the work that that was finished. 
Sure, the ziggurat of Eridu is a, a classic image if you're into ancient Near East history. I know that a lot of our listeners have done some traveling. They've been to the land of Israel where they've seen sites like Megiddo or Jericho, and Jericho is called the oldest city on earth. So we have people living in places. A lot of times our understanding of the Tower of Babel is that everyone in the world was in one city. Is, is this an accurate understanding of the biblical account? Well, Clayton, certainly if I'm right, and I'm convinced that this is true, that Eridu is the right site, the later Rook period is the right time period in Mesopotamian history, there were lots of sites. In fact, it's at least in the dozens or scores of sites in Mesopotamia alone. So there were plenty of settlements. It's just that Eridu was different than all those other sites. It was built up to a, a level that it was previously unexperienced. Really, you can relate the other sites, many, many if not all of them, as more like communities or small towns at best, multiple neighborhoods that were together, that kind of thing. But Eridu gained the, the, the status of an urban site. So it had all of the characteristic features of urbanization, such as a city wall around the perimeter and a very strong central, centralized uh, administrative authority under the, the rule of a certain person known as a king, canalization so that there's a sewage system and uh, a military, and on and on, all of the characteristics that you'd expect of a true city, Eridu had it. But the other sites really didn't. So when you had this outward expansion that took place in the later Rook period, and, and these, these people left biblical Babel, what we know as Eridu, they went to sites all over the ancient Near East. They built on virgin soil in some cases, such as Habuba Kabira in ancient Syria. And then there's a site in Turkey called Degirmentepe where there were neighborhoods where people were already living, and then people from the south, from southern Mesopotamia, from this expansion of people that took place during the moment of the Tower of Babel, they went all the way up to Turkey at this site, and they settled near those people, basically in the same town. But what we have, Clayton, is a perfect example of the oldest case in history of a division of people according to language or something to that effect. And so at, at this site, the people who were originally living there, they had their own neighborhoods, but the people from the south who came up and lived at that city, they built their own neighborhoods, and they had even their own trash piles. And what that uh, recalls to us is, for example, the early days in the United States of America. People who would come to New York or Boston or Philadelphia, if they were emigrants from maybe Ireland or from, uh, you know, Dutch people, or they were from Spain or other, uh, other cities in Europe, they would go and settle in these big cities, but they would have their own boroughs, their own places where they lived. And so this is a form of segregation. This, and so the Girmentepe is the oldest example of, of this division according to uh, language groups. So that's another model. And then the third model is destruction. Some of the sites where that were already inhabited, such as Hamukar in ancient Syria. That site was overrun. It was literally attacked. There were examples of, of bones that were crushed from weapons or other implements, and there were bullets that were used to fling at them, such as with a slingshot. And so we have all the examples of a site that was completely overtaken by these people from the South. And that makes sense to us because 
if the people can't speak the same language as one another, you would expect that there would be conflict, and conflict on pretty serious levels. And in this case, it's a complete invasion. So all of these different models reflect kind of what we would expect when all of a sudden communication was absolutely stripped away from people, and it kind of led to chaos. Sure, and this is what I love about how archaeology illuminates the text, because, you know, in the Bible, we read the story, and then we have our own imagination, we picture all these people leaving Babel and going off and starting their own homes, but really, this expansion, like so many events in human history, it was a violent occasion. People were coming across strangers, and they were fighting, and they were trying to establish their homes in the best places. This is fascinating work that you've done. It is, uh, Clayton, and it really brings the Bible to life because now you know it's not just a story, but you can see actual components in the details that are fleshed out in discovery. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the things I love about how this works. Of course, we're talking today with Dr. Douglas Petrovich, and we're talking about the film Is Genesis History, hosted by Del Tackett. We also have Beyond Is Genesis History, Volume 3, Bible and Stars. Dr. Petrovich, you are in both of these videos. The Beyond is Genesis History gives us a little more kind of a behind-the-scenes expanded look at what you do in the original film is Genesis History. So can you tell us a little bit about that experience? How did you get involved with this project? Yeah, that's a great question. It was a lot of fun. I received a phone call one day from somebody I didn't know from Adam, and that's Thomas Purifoy. I mentioned in the last episode that he is the brains behind the whole film franchise, is Genesis History franchise. And um, he called me and he said, he said, I'm a Christian filmmaker. I'm going to be making a film called Is Genesis History. And I wanted to do, to have a focus on the events surrounding the Tower of Babel that we read about in, in Genesis 11. And he said, I contacted an archaeologist that you know, Bryant Wood. And I said, Dr. Wood, do you know any biblical archaeologist who has a high view of the Bible, who's done in-depth research on the Tower of Babel and the city that's involved. And he said, yeah, I have the perfect guy for you. He studied at the University of Toronto. He did his PhD there. He spent a year studying the archaeology of Mesopotamia, and he's confident that he has the right site and the right tower. So I was contacted by Thomas uh, Purfoy, and next thing you know, the film's starting to come together, and we have lots of long phone calls where he's trying to understand all of these issues, and I'm explaining things to him. And then from there, we just set up a time for filming. Wow. So is Genesis History and Beyond is Genesis History, Volume 3, Bible and Stars. You can find them at swrc.com, swrc.com, or you can call us at 1-800-652-1144, 1-800-652-1144. Now, Dr. Petrovich, let's uh, shift gears again here for a moment, and we're going to keep talking about the film. So this film, I'm sure you've heard some feedback from it, maybe some uh, kickback. What kind of response has this film, and particularly your work on the location of Babel, what, what has that received? Yeah, and, and I suppose, Clayton, it depends on the background of the person who is uh, giving feedback. If it's a person who believes strongly in an er- what we call an, a, a young earth view, meaning that the that the earth is less than 7,500 years old, then it's almost invariably been extremely positive, extremely encouraging. And, and people have told me that it has come to mean a great deal to them. 
and that all of a sudden it makes sense and it it it's great to see the details kind of brought to life and you mentioned the uh, the Bible in stars version which really goes into much greater detail and and that's where I'm able to to talk through all of this evidence kind of blow by blow and 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 show the details but people often have expressed how encouraging the film was and that it really gives them ammunition against the attack by those who tell us no the earth has to be millions of years old because that's what science ha- has pointed to but really in the is genesis history film there are about i don't know a dozen or so scholars and they're all, they all have phd's and they're interviewed in the area of their specialization in the area of their phd right right this and this cast is amazing i mean it's a who's it who of biblically based christian scientists yes and the evidence comes together strongly. And really, when you watch the whole film and you see every one of these different disciplines that's discussed and reinforced with the, with the credibility, the scientific credibility behind the view, all of a sudden it gives you reason for pause to say that maybe what is typically communicated out there for the masses in the public about the age of the earth, it, it's not the only option. And and maybe the, the evidence better reflects a young Earth rather than an old Earth. But to finish answering your, your question, those who have an old Earth view have been anywhere between semi-violently opposed to the film or simply non-receptive whatsoever and completely dismissive of it. So if, if these are people who are entrenched in their view that the Earth has to be millions of years old, then really what I've seen, my experiences, they're, they're not even looking at the evidence and interacting with it, they're just dismissing it and pushing it away. And that's why this film is so important, because the worldview it presents, the arguments, the apologetics value of this film is phenomenal. So is this film something that I can use and incorporate into maybe a small group study or even a Sunday school study? Absolutely, Clayton. And because of the fact that you have all of these different PhDs in all of these different fields, who individually, you know, have anywhere from, what, three to eight minutes or so, uh, or maybe 10 minutes in, you know, spots in the film, what it could allow you is a dozen or so lessons where you could do a, a Bible study focus on one discipline at a time, astronomy, paleontology, archaeology, geology, you know, you name it. And uh, the film can be something that's, that spurs on the study. And then, you know, if you get these extra DVDs that are involved that go into the much greater detail, that, you know, especially for the Bible study leader, that can enhance his or her preparation pretty thoroughly so that you really have a full Bible study or two just on each one of those topics. See, that's, that's great. These are the sorts of resources that we need as Christians. So obviously this is something that adults can watch and enjoy and understand. And of course, all these things you've been talking about, this Uruk expansion and these different sites, there are maps, of course, in the actual film that show you where this is happening. So you can visualize it. You can see it. There are artifacts. Tell us about you know, something like, like the beveled rim bowls. Like, like there are artifacts in there that, that connect this story and help us to visualize what was happening? Sure. Clayton, at the time of the later Uruk expansion, there are certain what we call indicative forms of material culture, which means objects that the people held, right? They can be weapons or tools or, you know, other things that they invent. It can be architecture for buildings and so forth. So 
at the time of the later root period, there are several um, indicative forms of material culture, including a beveled rim bowl, which is a poor man's small bowl that's that's made in made in mass quantity. There are there's a mass production of these beveled rim bowls, and this is the most indicative form of material culture from that expansion. But there are also four lug jars. There are red lug jars. There are stone mosaic cones from the outsides of buildings that were used to beautify the outside of buildings to make them look very attractive, and tripartite architectural design that was indicative and first established in in mass at the site of Eridu. So all of these forms of material culture, they go with the people, right? Because all God changed was their languages. He didn't change their mind. He didn't change their technological understandings at the time. All those stayed with the people. So when they when they moved to these other cities throughout the ancient Near East, they took these concepts with them of how to make a bowl correctly and how to make dishes and how to make tools and and how to design buildings and what to put on the outsides of buildings. So they took all these things with them, and we can see those forms of material culture in all the places where they move. Wow. So these things and many more things, of course, we're, we're talking about the archaeological section of this film. Like you said, there's astronomy, there's epigraphy talking about the Bible itself, there's all sorts of you know, creationism and, and so many different things that are discussed in these films. So these films, would they make a good, let's say, a Christmas gift? Would people appreciate receiving? Yeah, and, and I would say, Clayton, the people who would appreciate these films the most are the ones who have the, the strongest commitment to the Word of God. They love the Word of God. They love the characters in the Bible who, who are good and bad, right, and who make mistakes and do things right, and, you know, they're just normal people like we are. And these are people who love to see the Word of God enhanced and understood better and brought into more light. If that's an area of interest for people, they're just going to love this, because it's, I think, to date, from my personal opinion, I think it's the best and most important Christian documentary that's ever been filmed. It's, it's at the, the very top, in, in my view, because the foundational issues in Genesis are extremely important. They set the stage for all of history. And if we don't get that right, then we're really kind of up a creek without a paddle. Clayton, I just am finishing now the editing on a new book that I've written. It's my third book called Nimrod, the Empire Builder, Architect of Shock and Awe. It goes into the, the details related to Genesis 10, which is in the same time frame as all of these events that we're talking about, and it tries to connect biblical Nimrod with a historical figure. So if anyone is interested in, uh, in the future, you know, as soon as that book comes out, I'm hoping it will be out by, oh, maybe by October of 2023, that this book can help you understand who this Nimrod character is. And I've been amazed how many Christians are fascinated with this character. And when we can connect him to a historical person, it even brings it to life more. Sure. Hopefully we will have an opportunity to talk about that resource in the very near future. I'm excited about it. In the meantime, visit swrc.com to find his Genesis history. You can also call us at 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Our guest today has been Dr. Douglas Petrovich from Is Genesis History. Thank you, Dr. Petrovich. My pleasure, Clayton. And Lord willing, we will talk soon. Amen. Amen.
I hope these past two days of Dr. Petrovich presenting the overwhelming evidence of creation in the flood has encouraged you and strengthened your faith. The complete two-day conversation with Dr. Petrovich is now available on CD. Simply call 1-800-652-1144 and order your copy. 1-800-652-1144. Is Genesis History? The two-DVD collection is a fascinating new look at the biblical, historical, and scientific evidence for creation and the flood. Learn from more than a dozen scientists and scholars as they explore the world around us in light of Genesis. These DVDs explore the fascinating fields of archaeology, astronomy, biblical studies, culture, and theology. Learn much more about the stars, the moon, the Tower of Babel, the Hebrew text, and the history of interpretation of Genesis. Order Is Genesis History 2 DVD set today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order these DVDs at our website, swrc.com. Southwest Radio Ministries' outreach to the children of Pakistan is thriving. With the latest details, here's our host, Dr. Larry Spargimino. We are so thankful to our listeners who do help with the ministry in Pakistan. It's a wonderful ministry. I'm visiting with one of our listeners who gave a very, very generous gift to the Pakistan ministry. She wants to remain anonymous, and she wants the amount of the gift to remain undeclared. But it's a very, very substantial gift, to say the least. She would like to say a few words to our listening audience, so thank you, dear sister. Please share with us what is on your heart. I was grateful to support the Christian school in Pakistan under the direction of Pastor Victor. Children receiving the exclusive truth of biblical knowledge is an eternal endowment that towers over all other knowledge and cannot be overestimated. These children are blessed to receive it. Well, what a wonderful testimony, and uh, may God bless you. You've, you have been so generous, and I know he will bless you, and he will bless the school. Thank you. Thank you. Pastor Victor Samuel is on the line all the way from Pakistan. He is the pastor of Grace Bible Church, and he is also the headmaster of Grace Charity School. And, of course, the school has several hundred students. We are educating them in the ways of the Lord and also reading, writing, arithmetic, all those good things. Dear friends, we certainly need your help to help us with this uh, ministry. If you'd like to speak to me about the ministry, my toll-free number, 1-800-652-1144, or write to Larry at swrc.com. Pastor Victor, hello. Hello, hello, Dad. How are you doing? Yes, I'm, I'm doing pretty well, but I understand not too far from you, some 30 churches have been burned down? Yes, the, actually the most Christian church is home in Pakistan after so much disturbing disturbance here, and hundreds of people armed with, with sticks attacks churches in Jarawala after... After this whole thing, that uh, the whole people of the Christians been fled away from their homes, and you know this is the situation here right now. It's very, 
Pray Sanchez a while ago. I was typing a message to you and other people to pray for us and cry with us. Yes. The church, the one church was being born. So the situation is very critical right now for us, and we need prayers. Yes, I remember what happened at Gojra. I think it was August the 1st in 2009, and uh, you yeah. and I went there together with Brother Garney. So um, we do want to encourage our listeners to pray for the people in Pakistan, especially the Christians. Well, Pastor Victor, tell us about the building project that you are involved in. Yes, uh, praise the Lord. I am really grateful to you and uh, especially and the soldiers to have been faithfully uh, helping us to raise the funds to build another school building so we can have more children to come in to get an education, the spiritual and formal education. So praise the Lord. By the grace of God, the work of the school is progressing. The construction work very quickly and well. This is just amazing that all God is providing. Yes. I just wanted to let you know that in this new building, we will have more than uh, 200 children in this new school building. So praise mm-hmm. the Lord that more children are, will be coming in and getting the education instead of you know, working in their early age of their lives. Yes. And so this is just, I think, it's really very important. We, we're going to, like I, like I shared with you earlier, that walls are almost done. Now we are going to need the help for the the roof, you know, roof over the walls. We have to pre-order items for roofing materials. So when the kids come, you provide lunch for them, I guess. They're, they're there most of the day, is that correct? Yes, sometimes sometime we provide them chicken rice and sometimes we provide them, you know, the meal and sometimes... We have other uh, snacks for them right. every day, and uh, sometimes we have lack of money and we don't have money, but mostly we do help them uh, and feed them and uh, whatever they need. Right. Well, these are uh, very impoverished children, boys and girls from the brick kilns. If we did not have the school, they would not be able to get a good education, and that means they would be locked into poverty. But here we we teach them, we give them an education, and they also learn the Bible and they learn about the Lord Jesus Christ. So friends, if you would like to help, send me an email if you'd like more information. I've been there several times, larry at swrc.com. Or if you would like to speak to me on the telephone, 1-800-652-1144. Pastor Victor, thank you so much. We will continue to uh, pray for your safety and for the safety of all the uh, Christians in Pakistan. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Pastor, man of God, and uh, thanks for your concern and for your love. Is Genesis History 2 DVD Collection is a fascinating new look at the biblical, historical, and scientific evidence for creation in the flood. Learn from more than a dozen scientists and scholars as they explore the world around us in light of Scripture. Learn much more about the stars, the moon, the Tower of Babel, the Hebrew text, and the history of interpretation of Genesis in these new DVDs. Order Is Genesis History 2 DVD Set Today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144.
Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Please visit our website, swrc.com.